You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. I want to welcome everybody to Feast at Home. If you are new to the Feast, I want you to know this, that this is church. That's right. You know, church is not restricted to a a building or an address or to a location, but church happens whenever people gather under the name of Jesus. Church happens when people go beyond themselves to help out somebody in need. Church happens when believers live out the words and actions of the gospel. And if you've been attending this church, I want you to know that, hey, you're not just an attendee. You're called to be more. You're not just a bystander. You're not a watcher. You're not an onlooker. No, you're more than that. God doesn't need a subscriber. God needs an active helper. God is not looking for somebody to just spectate, but God is looking for somebody who will participate in what He's doing in this world. If that's you, say it with me. This is my church. Amen. I want to give a special shout out to all our October birthday celebrants while we're at it. Come on, if that's you, make yourselves heard because as a family, we'd love to celebrate it with you. Type in right now, it's my month. Come on, we'd love to pray for you. That's what a family does. I want to thank you for being part of our spiritual family, by the way. But everybody, let's just stand our hands towards the screen and let's bestow a blessing to all our brothers and sisters. Father in heaven, we thank you for the life, for the blessing for the grace that flows in the life of your child. We thank you, Lord, that you are your plans for them that, that will exceed every expectation. And in fact, we declare that no eye has seen and no ear has heard how amazing all the things that you have prepared for them. Father, we ask you to just be with them, to grow their faith during this time, in this season, that they would grow deeper in you because as long as they are with you, Lord, they have everything that they will ever need. So thank you, Jesus, for yet another year that you are going to give them. And we, we, we just claim it in faith. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody said, Amen and Amen. Happy birthday, everybody. Thank you so much again for being part of our spiritual family. May the Lord bless you this month. Whew, so good. And with that, let's all dive into God's message for us today. We are on talk five of The Clash. Here's our talk title, God versus Emperor. Ooh, it's going to be good. Somebody type it in. It's going to be good. I want us to all together to pray our favorite family prayer as we come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Stretch your hands out just like this and say it with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Everybody lift up your hands towards the screen and then sing together with me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's what I'm declaring for all of you today, that God's word will illuminate the path that you will need to take this week. 
So if you're ready to know what God's word is for you, I want you to give a very, very warm, warm welcome through the chat box, of course. And please welcome everybody, our dear friend, Brother Bo Sanchez. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the feast. And I'm so happy that you've joined us. And I'm praying for an outpouring of grace and favor and abundance for you and for your family this coming week. I cannot imagine that it's been 22 months where we have been mining for spiritual gold. Where? From the Gospel of Matthew. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I'm telling you, I'm the, one, I'm the one giving the talks, right? But the impact that this study has been giving to my life is beyond words. I cannot begin to describe what God has been doing in my life. And I'm praying that the same impact that I'm receiving, you also are. So are you ready? Today, I want to preach the message, the very simple but powerful message. Give to God what belongs to God. Say that with me. Give to God what belongs to God. It's actually a direct quote from Jesus. Now, what I'm going to do is before we open the sacred text, I'm going to give you two simple stories from my life just to be able to like till the soil of our hearts before we plant the Word of God. Are you ready? Here we go. Um, my first story is I was going to Mass in a very, you know, not very far away, but far away enough place. And so didn't know the place, didn't know the people, didn't, didn't know, you know, what was happening there. And communion time. Stood up, lined up for communion. And I want you to know that Bo Sanchez, you know, supposed to be a very intelligent guy with above average IQ, left <laughs> his phone, my phone. I left my phone on the pew. When I returned, it was gone. I told my wife about it and my wife gave me that look that only wives can give their husbands and get away with it. And I told her, sweetheart, I'm sorry. I, I was so looking forward to just focus on receiving Jesus, you know, body, blood, life and divinity into my soul. And I forget everything. That's what my wife gets for marrying a preacher, right? So after mass, I got her phone. And, you know, with high tech wizardry that I have no idea how, how that works, but I saw on the map, my phone moving away. It was already one kilometer away from the church and it was speeding away. So I jumped into the car, chased after it. I do not want to bore you with the details, but what happened was this. 30 minutes later, I had my phone back. Now, you might say, how come? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because the thief could not use my phone. Why? Because every phone nowadays is encrypted with a PIN, personal identification number. And so without that PIN, my phone was a very expensive paperweight, basically. Now, the reason why I share that story is this. You belong to God. God is your owner. He possesses the pin of your heart. And I 
pray that you do not give it to anyone or anything else. No, God has to be the only one who possesses your heart. You belong to God. Give to God what belongs to God because if you do not give your life to God, I'm going to tell you now, your life will be a very expensive paperweight. <laughs> Meaning to say you will never fulfill your divine purpose. You will never fulfill your full potential and, and all that God wants for your life. Are you ready for story number two? I have gotten into, announcement, announcement, <laughs> biking. That's right, me, the non-athletic guy all my life. Now I bike every day. Because one day my son Francis comes up to me and he says, Daddy, do you want to bike with me? And I do not like biking, but I love my son. And I said, yes. And today I enjoy it. I actually enjoy biking now. So I was using my nephew's bike for, for some time. And, and at a certain point, I bought my own bike. And when it was delivered, the shiny, beautiful thing, whoa, I have my own bike. And the first thing that came out of my lips when, when I saw it was, I looked at my driver and I said, you can borrow my bike anytime because you also need exercise. Uh-huh. Yep. And not only me, you should use this too. And then when I walked away, I kind of like said, hmm, I felt this flutter of joy in my heart. You know why? I realized I was not attached to material things. I was not attached to, to that beautiful bike. I, I, and then I said, maybe God is answering my prayer because I would pray, Lord, I want you to be my only attachment. I, I want you, not in the language of this talk, but basically I'm saying is, Lord God, I want you to be the only one who possesses the pin of my heart. I will not give that pin to anyone else or to anything else. I want you be, to be the one to hold my heart. I belong to you. Give to God what belongs to God. And I belong to God. I will not give my life, my heart to anything or to anyone. My dear friend, I hope you're listening that this is going to be a powerful, amazing message. And as we open the sacred text now, I, I won't do it. <laughs> the next preacher will. Open your heart and receive his message for your life. Brother Audi, I want you to preach to us today. Give a big hand to the Lord, everybody. Come on, it's time to fill your place. It's time to fill this space with some good godly praise. Type in, thank you, Jesus. Type in, hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. We are so grateful that this message is reaching so many lives and so many homes right now. But we also want to thank, of course, Brother Bo for preaching such a very strong message. You know, Brother Bo, I feel that that message was stronger than the coffee that all of us had this morning. Type in, amen, if you agree with me. So we thank, we thank you so much, Brother Bo, for preaching such a wonderful message. My prayer for all of us today is that the Spirit would continue to speak to us in the remainder of our time together. So please don't go, all right? We're going to continue to study the Word of God. By the way, if you are only joining us 
in this series, know this, that we are studying the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. And, you know, we have been doing this for, guess what? For almost two years. Can you imagine that? Two years, and it has been blessing us. Today, we are on chapter 22, and I'm going to give you a quick recap before we dive in. For the past three Sundays, we have studied three very powerful parables that Jesus told. The parable of the lost son, the parable of the evil farmers, and the last Sunday, we studied about the parable of the great feast. Now, listen to me. The number three, because those were three parables, the number three, I believe, must have been a very meaningful number to Matthew. Why do I say that? Because after telling these three parables, Matthew then lines up three questions that the religious leaders asked Jesus. You know, three, three parables and then three questions. I don't know about you, but I find a pattern there. But he was also saying this, that these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they only had one goal in mind, how to get rid of Jesus. Now, I want you to turn to chapter 22, verse 15 of the book of Matthew. Let's read together. It says here, then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. So they sent out some of their disciples along with the supporters of Herod to meet with Jesus. And then they said, Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and you don't play favorites. Let me stop here for a moment, all right? I believe that there's a valuable lesson to be learned here. You see, the Pharisees were using one of the most dangerous and I believe one of the most effective weapons and tools to man today. In fact, if you want people to do something for you or if you want people to like you, you can actually use this weapon. Would you like to know what this weapon is called? It's called flattery. That's right. Somebody type in that word, flattery. Let me tell you all about flattery. You see, flattery is flat out dangerous especially when you are on the receiving end of it. You know, even the very definition of flattery is not good. Listen to this. The dictionary defines flattery as excessive and insincere praise given especially to further one's interest. That's right. So don't ever be swayed by the mere sweet talk of people. You know, I know some people, kinausap lang sila ng isang minuto, mahal na nila. Aniyan? Minute to win it? <laughs> Don't be like that, all right? Let me say this, okay? Especially with emphasis to the single people. Don't look for someone to compliment you. Instead, look for someone who will be consistent with you. You know, I said this before and I'll say it again and again. Not everyone who is good to you will also be good for you. You know, sometimes people will speak absolutely anything to you just because they need something from you. How many of you have experienced that? You know, somebody just spoke flattery into you, complimented you, and then all of a sudden the next day you did something for them and then they ghosted you, right? Flattery is very dangerous, especially for insecure people. You know, flattery is like a powerful drug that will intoxicate you and make you do foolish things that you otherwise would not do with a clear head. Flattery is dangerous, especially because, you know, it's the entry point to vanity. And you know, once vanity kicks in, it's hard to stop vanity. So before vanity is triggered, you got to kill it at the source. How? Don't seek praise from people. That's how. Ask yourself this question from the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, 
Am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's a very beautiful question. But to end my point, you know, you might not know it, but those who flatter you today, guess what? They might be the very same people who will flagellate you tomorrow. So instead of looking for, for fans or followers, look for friends, real friends. If you've got a real friend right now, take care of that friend. Cherish that friend because they're going to go a long, long way. But anyway, you know, the Pharisees thought that they could use flattery to somehow disarm Jesus into answering this very controversial question that they thought they could use to crucify him. It says in verse 17, Now tell us what you think about this, Jesus. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? This was a very dangerous question. In fact, it's a, it was a very tricky one too. Because if Jesus said, no, don't pay taxes, you know, they could easily report him to the Romans and then accuse him of sedition for not paying what is due to Rome. But if Jesus said, yes, pay your taxes, the crowd listening to him would brand him as being unfaithful to God because to them, paying taxes to Rome, whose emperor claimed to be God, meant that you were being disloyal and unfaithful to the one true God. So this was a very dis uh, tricky question to answer. But here's the amazing thing. In verse 18, Matthew says that Jesus knew their evil motives. That's right. Jesus saw right through their deception. He knew what was in their hearts. And guess what? He knows what's in your heart too. Jesus has x-ray vision. He sees right through you. He knows if your intentions are true or if you're just putting up a show. But here's the crazy part. You know, sometimes, sometimes we already know that what we're doing is evil. But for some reason, we're able to convince ourselves. It's a talent, by the way, that we're able to con con convince ourselves that what we're doing is actually good. Just like the religious leaders in this, in this gospel. They were so convinced that they were doing something holy, even if their intentions were to, were to kill Jesus. They thought that they were fighting for God, but in reality, they were fighting God himself. I tell you, you know, we all have this crazy ability to believe in our own lies. What's the best way to combat this? You cannot do it alone. You need the Holy Spirit to help you. In fact, here's a wonderful prayer. The psalmist said this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. Every night, you know, here's what you do. You ask the Holy Spirit to perform a CT scan in your heart so that he could expose whatever evil is still residing in your heart. I want you to come before Jesus every day and then ask him to reveal whatever evil is still there. All right? Anyway, you know, Jesus did not, as you see, Jesus did not waste any time exposing their evil motives. In fact, to continue verse 18, it says, You hypocrites, Jesus says, why are you trying to trap me? And then he, he does something. This is brilliant. Jesus, Jesus says, here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on this? Caesar's, they replied. Let me explain this, all right? This is the genius of Jesus. Jesus asked them for a coin, which uh, they called denarius back then. What is the significance of all this? According to religious law, a denarius was a, an idolatrous uh, coin. Why? Because it, it bore the face of Emperor Tiberius on it. You know, it was stamped just like how our coins and our paper money are stamped with somebody else's face. But according to their Torah, 
Here's what they believed in, in the book of Exodus. It says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything. So guess what? The Jews never used this coin. The, the Jews never carried the denarius. Jesus never used it. So when Jesus asked the Pharisees, you know, the supposed holy men of God for a denarius, and then they handed him one, can you imagine the embarrassment they must have felt like without even saying a word? Jesus exposed their hypocrisy. And then his answer to this question was beyond brilliant. I want you to listen to this. Continuation of verse 20. It says, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them and they all went away. Here's the context. In ancient times, you know, when someone became king, the very first thing that a king would do is to mint a coin with his face on it. Because to have a coin with your profile pic stamped on it was solid proof that you were king, that you had authority. Quick side note, by the way. Did you know that since the beginning of time, human beings are known to stamp their images, their names, their titles on things? Why? Because it makes us feel important. It makes our authority formal. But you know what? When you think about it, it's also a sign of insecurity. It speaks of our need to be recognized. But you know, if you are a child of God, if you know that you are a child of the one true king, you don't need to be validated by the world. You don't need to be validated by people because you know that your value is rooted in Christ. Can I big, get, a, get, a, get a big and loud amen? Amen, somebody. That's right. Anyway, you know, back to Jesus. What was so amazing with Jesus' answer that the Pharisees walked away? Okay, I want you to lean in on this, all right? You're going to want to hear this. If you are sitting on the edge of your seat, go ahead. Because I want you to know that Jesus was declaring a spiritual truth that went beyond the issue of taxes. A truth that echoes since the beginning of time and it still echoes even up till today. Would you like to know what this truth is? Would you? Okay, here it is. Jesus was giving a reference to the Genesis story. You know, the time when God created the world. Think about it. You know, God is the king of the universe. He's the king of the whole universe. He made everything. But as a king, God did not need to stamp a coin with his face on it. No. Instead, he put his stamp on something else. Let me read it to you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Listen to this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So, you see, you and I, my dear friend, we are God's coin. You know, God stamped his face on our souls. God wrote his name in our hearts. So again, what belongs to Caesar should be given to Caesar. And what belongs to God should be given to God. But what belongs to God? That's the question. Psalm Chapter 24, verse 1, says it boldly and loudly. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all the people belong to Him. Hallelujah. You are God's. You are the Imago Dei. You are His image and His likeness. So give to God what belongs to God. Let me end with this passage from the book of Luke. 
This is a beautiful passage. Luke chapter 5 verse 1. It says that on one occasion, Jesus was preaching to a crowd on the shore of Lake Galilee. And then a vast multitude of people was pushing to get close to Jesus, to hear the word of God. And then he noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their tents. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and then said this to him. Listen to this. Let me use your boat. Can I preach this? May I preach this? Okay, listen to me. I know that the house where you live in is your place. You paid for it. Or you're paying it from your sweat and tears right now. I know that the skills that you learned for many years are yours. You learned them from hard work and effort. I know that the multitude of followers that you have on FB and IG or TikTok are all yours. They're a product of your creativity and your ingenuity. But just like what Jesus said to Simon Peter that day on the shore, he says, let me use your boat. God is asking you the same question right now. Can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? Can I use your house as my church? Can I use your influence to impact generations? Can I use your voice to preach hope to the hopeless? Make no mistake, my dear friend, when you say yes to Jesus, here's what'll happen. Continuation of verse three, it says, when he had finished, when Jesus had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Let me ask you right now, do you take care of what belongs to you? I'd like to think that you do. Although some of us are like Brother Bo who, you know, forget our belongings in random places. But in general, we always take care of what belongs to us, right? You see, God operates in the very same way. The only difference is that He's not careless like us. If you belong to God, my dear friend, guess what? God will take care of you. That's right. When you give to God what rightfully belongs to God, when you allow God to use you, when you allow God to use your boat, God guarantees that you will have a great catch. Amen, someone. Come on. If you're receiving this, type in amen. I want you to put your hands over your chest right now and then say this with me. Come on, do it right now. Say this with me. God will take care of me. Say it again. God will take care of me. I want you to declare this when things are not going your way. Declare it when your prayers are not being answered. Declare it when you feel like you're losing hope. I want you to know that God will not only take care of you, but He will also fight for you. He will die for you. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. He already did. Jesus said, The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. God already did it. You know, my friend, you are God's flock. You are His family. You're His beloved. You belong to Him. He bought you at a price. So today, as we worship Him, give to God what belongs to God. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, I am yours. I belong to you. And so with everything that I am, with all that I have, I surrender it back to you lovingly, completely, and freely. This is my prayer. And this is my act of worship. 
Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.